Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 40. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do that by listening to the stories of those who came before us to reach similar levels of success. I have a great show for you today. Um, Today's guest is incredible. You'll listen and find out why. Uh, Before I hit play, just let me kindly remind you to go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com where you can find all the show notes. Today's episode 40, so just throw a slash 40 at the end of Restaurant Unstoppable. Also, please connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. I'm out there. I'm easy to connect with, and I want to hear your thoughts on the show. So don't be shy. Enjoy today's show. Here it is. All right, let's get started. Today's guest started his career at the tender age of 13. He has come a long way and since has created and contributed to many successful restaurants, including San Francisco's Sweet Heat and Pasta Pomodoro in Los Angeles's La Ventura. Not only is Jeffrey a successful chef and restaurateur, but he is also the host of Cooking Channel's United Tastes of America. With no further ado, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Jeffrey Saad. Jeff, how you doing? And uh, why don't you tell us your story? I just gave a, a quick introduction, but take us back to that, that day when you were 13 years old and you just got cracking in, in this industry. What was it like? I'm 13 years old. I'm way too skinny and <laughs> play football. So I decided to cook. I, I went to this diner. It was like one of those old classic diners, paper hats. You couldn't tell whether they were sailors or cooks. And uh, was just amazed watching raw ingredients like ground beef become these gorgeous golden patties, seeing people eat them and smile and be happy. I said, this is a great way to live. So I was lucky enough to, 13, really know what I wanted to do in life. Went on to uh, work at my godfather's restaurant in Chicago. Went to culinary school. Went to hotel restaurant management school. I've just had this endless, voracious appetite for knowledge and information and to master the craft. And, and I said I was going to open my first restaurant when I was young, and I did that at 24 years old in San Francisco. And uh, it's just been an incredible food journey since. Uh, I decided I wanted to be on food TV to try and inspire other people. So I had, have had a great time doing stuff on Food Network and Cooking Channel and other stations. And it's this great combination of staring into the screen and staring into a pot and staring at the guests sitting in the dining room. I get the best of all worlds. I really love how you mentioned you want to inspire people with your work. And it's when those when people take it to that next step and they're not just there to cook, but they're there to influence others. Uh, those people seem to have the that it factor that really separates them and makes them successful. Um, and also you have the, no, the wits about you at a young age to not just – focus on the culinary side, but also the focus on the, the business side with hospitality. And I'm sure you're applying those skills you learned today. Um, so I have to ask you, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge on us that are going to make all of our restaurant dreams just a little bit more unstoppable? 
Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait. So the first question, or the first thing I'd like to have my guests share with us is to uh, sh- you know, share a success or leadership quote or mantra to really get that motivational ball going. So what do you have for us today? You know, I had my, uh, my toke on. I was there graduating culinary school in San Francisco and, and felt like I was at the end of my journey realizing that I was just at the very beginning of it. And the speaker said, the only difference between dreams and reality is how bad you want it. <laughs> and that stuck with me from that day forward. You know, when you're having a really hard moment, you got to stop and just say, how bad do I really want this? Because it is only how bad I want it that's going to stop me or allow me to achieve this. That's so true. That's, that's incredible <laughs> advice. And sometimes we have to remember that it's up to us to pull that trigger and things aren't going to happen um, unless we make it happen. And if it's meant to be, it's up to me, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you got to pull that trigger. Uh, incredible advice. And uh, so we can kind of uh, get to know you a little bit better and what it is about you that makes you successful is what's your it factor? Uh, what personality characteristics do you have that contribute to your success? I think it's truly just that I'm not willing to stop until it's done. I mean, there's a long distance between said and done, and I get up every morning and I will not stop until it's right, until I achieve what I expected to achieve. And I, I think that's it. That's awesome. it is the undying will. I've got to ask, you say you get up every morning and uh, do you have a, a morning routine or anything that kind of you think maybe being structured or are you a morning person? I know that contributes to success as well. You know, I've always loved that uh, saying there's two kinds of successful people, those that wake up naturally at five in the morning and those that make themselves get up at five in the morning. And, you know, I really believe that I'm always up by five, five thirty, and that allows me to run my day instead mm-hmm. of my day running me. There is something very powerful about being ahead of the curve, and it affects the whole day. You know, I get up. I have a very specific plan every day. I use my iPhone calendar like a madman. It's like the only thing that doesn't beep is, you know, go to bathroom. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I've got alerts in there, and I use that calendar to just keep me on track. My top three things, i got to get done that day, and then a whole list of, you know, things that I'd like to get done and that if I have time, I'll get done. But at least I'm doing them in the right order then. And, uh, yeah, I'm on a mission. From the moment I wake up, I never stop and go, huh, what should I do today? Let's see. You know, it's like, boom, go. It sounds like, I mean, if I could just put this into, like, one sentence, I would say you live on purpose. Uh, you, you have objectives every day. You have your calendar reminding you what to do. Uh, you wake up early to get a head start, and you don't finish until you've become successful. And that's why I picked up from just that, that short little time speaking to you thus far. And I think that's one thing we can all learn from this interview is that if you want something, if you want something to happen, you've got to make it happen. You've got to be committed and you have to live on purpose and uh, make your life kind of revolve around getting to that final end uh, product or service that you're, or your dream really. Yeah. I think people's biggest opportunity is, you know, we can talk for hours about success. I Mm -hmm. find it fascinating the way people think and do things. But at the end of the day, you just got to look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, you know, I may say I want X, but let's look at today. Did my actions align with my intentions? Did I really behave today in a way to get me closer to X? Mm-hmm. Or did I just think about it? Because there's a difference. Do it. Don't think about it, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. The next question I have for you is uh, 
your favorite restaurant experience. So being in this industry, we uh, have all these incredible stories to tell and these experiences that we encounter every day. And many of these experiences act as lifelong lessons. Can you bring us to one of those experiences that kind of just stands out to you? And uh, what was that experience? And uh, what was the story? And uh, bring us down, like bring us there to the story. And then uh, we'll find out what you learned from that experience. You know, I, I always let kind of positive things drive my life. But funny enough, it was a negative experience that was the most valuable to me. I was a culinary student, went to Europe to do a six-week unpaid stage and learned a lot and loved it. But the thing I learned the most was to never behave like them. Mm -hmm. They forgot that this business is about joy. When you start looking at food as product and you start looking at people as units, mm -hmm. all the joy is lost. We are in this business, I'm in this business at least, to bring joy. I'm vending joy every day. And when I got done with that stage, I opened my first restaurant six months later at 24, almost 23 years old with the single intention of, I don't care what happens in your day, when you come into my restaurant, I'm gonna give you an hour of joy. Mm -hmm. You're gonna leave feeling like you're on top of the world. I'm there to make you feel great. And the ingredients, like I would be at this restaurant, which I won't name since I'm not saying a positive thing about it, but like, you know, this beautiful venison would come in. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Apricots are in season. We gotta make some kind of a, you know, gastrique to go with this. It's gonna be delicious. And they're looking at me like, it's food. Just eat it. You know? And I was like, ah! Oh! You know, I mean, day I'm 47 years old and not a day goes by that I don't look at a clove of garlic like it's a little magical bulb of pleasure. You know, you have to, like, embrace ingredients, embrace the guests, and know why you're there. And, and that was a lesson that always reminds me why I'm here. So the lesson, uh, you, you're over in Europe and they just didn't have the same passion as you. Is that what I'm picking up on? And they just didn't yeah. share it. That's all incredible advice. Focus on the passion, focus what brought you to this industry in the first place and just let that passion and that desire to love what you do shine through and share it with your guests and incredible things will happen. For the next question I have for you is on the topic of hospitality. Um, like we all know, we need to be focus on putting out a good product, the food needs to be good, and the service needs to be there. But people seem to forget about the importance of providing that personal touch, which is hospitality, and making it personal, and making it about the guests, and being willing to go above and beyond to provide that exceptional hospitality. So can you think of a time that either you or one of your team members went the extra mile and take us to that time and explain to us what happened? Or give us an example. The many stories that happen every single day just, you know, having somebody walk in and go, Eric, nice to see you again. How was that podcast with Jeffrey? I'm sure it was a blast. You know, you want a Takati as usual? How about the fish taco? You know, knowing the guest and identifying in those little moments, you know, everything from saving a wallet that they left behind and keeping it safe in the office to recognizing their name, to remembering what they like to eat, to acknowledging them in front of their friends. It's those little moments all day long. You know, there's a brilliant hospitality guy. Um, that started Joie de Vie rest, uh, Hotels in San Francisco, Chip Conley. And he adapted Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this famous pyramid, to the it hospitality industry. I then adapted what he came up with in his book, Peak, to my restaurant. We have three pyramids, and the guest pyramid is about turning guests into your disciples. You know, the bottom of the period, the basic need is to get something edible. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the middle of the pyramid is a nice experience, good food and good service. But the top of the pyramid is what you're talking about, is that that 
you know, subjective kind of between the lines, intangible thing that just makes somebody go, I want the world to know about this restaurant and I can't wait to come back. Jeff, you did a really great job kind of creating that picture of the pyramid and putting uh, that the guests need in that uh, you want to get them to the top of that pyramid where they're saying, yes, um, I feel just, you know, driven to talk about this restaurant to my friends. And if you can get your guests to that point, I mean, you're going to be successful. And Jeff, the next question I have for you is what was your biggest challenge or is your biggest challenge in the industry? You know, my challenge for sure is being more involved in the industry. As funny as that sounds, I am so focused on my family, my team, meaning, you know, the employees and my guests and the constant pursuit of excellence. I always feel like there's so much I already have on my plate that I want to make better. I fall short in getting involved in a lot of the industry um, organizations and, and networking with more chefs and restaurateurs because that's so important to be really absorbed in the culture of, of what you do um, versus just being you know excellent in your four walls. And that's a big opportunity for me, something I want to do. I also, all my restaurants were in San Francisco and now my restaurant's in LA. So it's also a big opportunity for me because I knew everybody in San Francisco and I know almost nobody in LA. So I have a real opportunity to just kind of immerse myself in the community. Okay, so you're saying the community is, is – uh, or the, the challenge is getting more involved with the community and you recognize this challenge. That's the first step. Is there anything you're doing right now and any, any advice you might have for our listeners to kind of spearhead that challenge and something you might be doing right now to kind of uh, – since you acknowledge it, what you might be doing to uh, handle this challenge, ways you might be getting involved, for example? Well, I've hired a PR company because more than ever there's so much noise out there. Mm-hmm. It's really important – in the past, it was just about guerrilla marketing, and that was really enough. Now, more than ever, I think you need a team on your side. You know, I've got bread and butter, this amazing PR team, and I think you need a team on your side to spread the word. But something else they do is they're on top of all these events. So I'm going to be doing every food event that comes up that makes sense. I'm going to get involved and do it and have a presence there because then you're, you're, you're meeting the other chefs and meeting people involved in the industry. We definitely do lots of donations, which I would also recommend. And I, I recommend picking one group. Um, I've picked the Alexandria House, which is a shelter for battered women, so you can make a bigger impact than trying to make a lot of little impacts. But we do also donate to the local schools. So basically just getting involved in any kind of uh, cooking event, L.A. Food and Wine, all these different things that allow you to have a presence and mm-hmm. to, to get to know people. Yeah, so if you guys, if you find yourself uh, maybe getting detached from your community, uh, great advice to hire somebody in PR. They'll keep you in the loop, and they'll kind of be that person to delegate all those tasks and kind of remind you and poke you and say, hey, you got this going up, and here's a great opportunity to get engaged. So, uh, yeah, great advice. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that before we move on to the next section? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, this is what I like to call um, the knowledge bomb section, where you just drop bombs of knowledge on us. Um, it's meant to be quick. It's meant to be uh, filled with value. So are you ready to drop some big old bombs of knowledge, Jeff? You bet. All right. Let's get started. So it's no secret that employee retention is one of the industry's most difficult struggles. So what advice do you have for us to first find these employees and then to keep them around as valuable team members? You know, that's a great question, the most important thing there is. And I'm telling you right now, look at the server, look at the cook, and you'll know the owner. Mm -hmm. Or you'll know the management for sure. Because 
the reality is you, if you believe in universal energy, which I do, you will attract those like you. So you better be the person you want others to be because that's who you're going to attract and that's who you're going to hire and that's who you're going to, to you know, be around. And I got to tell you, it was the most rewarding thing ever to, to come to L.A., open my first restaurant, know nobody, and be fully staffed in 10 days, fully trained in another 10 days, and have the most flawless restaurant opening Ever. It was unbelievable. And the simple fact is, it's what we learned as little kids and our parents taught us. Treat others the way you want to be treated, or at least the way they want to be treated. I walk the walk. You know, again, you can talk all day, but if you make your people feel great, my goal, okay, we talked about the guest pyramid. The second pyramid of La Ventura is the family, the employees. If they're not happy, they're actually the first pyramid. They come before the guests, and it's very cliche, but true. If they're not happy, they're never going to take care of your guests. So I tell my my family, as I call them, the very bottom of the pyramid is you just getting some kind of a paycheck for some kind of work. Mm-hmm. You know, getting your basic needs met. The middle of the pyramid is you feel rewarded for what you do. You feel recognized for what you do. And the top of the pyramid is you're going to probably leave us because we're helping you achieve greater things in your life. We're a great part of your journey. And that's the reality of the restaurant business. You will have 20% who are lifers, but a lot of people in this business are on their way to something else. So instead of fighting that, I embrace it. When I, when one of my team members, you know, has a, a, a audition, they got to go to, we rally around them and help them get to that audition. You know, we want them to be leave here better than they came and that constant acknowledgement of their success here for what they do, everything from, hey, nice job. I saw you, you know, tell that guest the special and they were thrilled to, you know, hey, are you learning French? You said you want to learn French. I bring one of my guys a little uh, French cheat card that he can use to study French. And he was like, wow, thanks. You know, helping these guys realize their dreams. This is one part of their life journey. And I always remember that. Oh, my God. Man, you just, like, peppered us with bombs. You just threw a whole, like, handful <laughs> of bombs all over us, and it was just, just the first question. So maybe we're going to stop there, but I'm not going to because I know you have more bombs in there that are just going to blow us all away. So, I mean, incredible advice. I mean, you touched on so many little things that we've heard before in the show, but you just created this huge picture um, just reminding us all how important it is to turn that pyramid upside down, so to speak, like Paul Hibbler says, and serve everyone above you instead of being at the top of the pyramid and uh, thinking you're serving everyone below you. you got to really have that mentality, and it, it's so clear that you have that mentality. And um, I mean, I could just go on all day about what you just talked about, but, I mean, you there's know, no... Another way to say it is you've got you've to establish an internal compass for your team. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to true north has to point the same way for everyone because then what happens is when somebody comes into the family that doesn't fit they immediately get pushed out it it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy when everyone has a compass that starts wiggling uncontrollably when things aren't going the way they're supposed to because everyone has a true desire to be on the right path and that's about you know having clear directions another quote i love is if you know if you don't know where you're going you'll probably end up somewhere else Oh man, you're, just, you're full of knowledge, man. You're just <laughs> you're dropping the bombs left and right. And this is going to be a very valuable uh, interview for everyone at home listening. So we'll, we'll move on to the next question here. Uh, the next question I have for you is: uh, best restaurant resource. Uh, what's the best book, website, magazine, or podcast uh, that you would recommend as a resource to our listeners? And you already mentioned one book, um, so I don't know if you're going to go back to that. But yeah, I would definitely read Peak by Chip Conley. 
um, because it's as much of a life lesson as it is about hospitality. Um, I've heard you men- mention it in past podcasts. I love setting the table. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a great great book. Um, Can you share with us one of your like the biggest lessons you took away from Peak? Yeah, I mean, from Peak, it's it's this pyramid. It's really having absolute clarity of what's important to you and your business, and with the family, not just the numbers. Because the three pyramids, like I said, are, are the family first, then the guests, and then the investors. And if you don't have clarity that that's the right order, and that what those pyramids look like. You're never you're never going to be consistent, and you're going to be constantly be you know swimming in circles, you know, trying to find a message and a goal. So that's what I walked away with with that for sure. And, and another really powerful book that has nothing to do with the restaurant industry, but everything to do with succeeding in the restaurant industry or any industry or life in general, is the Power of Now. Most powerful book you can ever read. What was the best biggest lesson you took away from the Power of Now? To, to do what I have tattooed on my bicep, be present. It is, it's amazing. The restaurant industry, more than any business, you have to be present. You know, when you're at the table, the only thing that exists is the guests. You are there from the, for them. I'm not thinking about my pork roast that's in the oven. I'm not thinking about the payroll that I got to make tomorrow. I'm looking into their eyes and going, what is going to bring them joy? Do they want salmon or do they want the carne asada? You know, when I'm talking to one of my get, my, my family members, my employees, I'm not thinking about what I got to do tomorrow. I'm looking into their eyes and thinking, are they happy right now? What do they need? Are they having a good day? Are they off? You know, when somebody's late, my first question isn't, why are you late? It's, are you okay? Did anything happen? Do you need something? You know, being present in that moment is the most powerful thing you can do because there is no yesterday. There is no tomorrow. All that's ever happening is what's going on this very second. Wow, that's all incredible advice. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, both those resources. And uh, don't forget, you can find these books in the show notes if you want to uh, pick them up for your own, to add them to your own library. Uh, the next question I have for you is uh, which restaurant trend really has your attention? You know, it's really interesting this, you know, do it my way, make it my way. There's a great pizza concept here in LA called 800 Degrees, and it's basically the pizza version of Subway. You know, this whole concept of being able to not only customize it the way you want, but actually have it done in front of you and actually have it done in front of you with high-end ingredients. You know, that's what's pretty neat. Almost like the Subway model, you could start seeing that really trend into all of the gourmet high-end foods to where, you know, you're walking through and you're basically creating your dish. Mm -hmm. There's some downsides to that too, but I think that's a trend that's, there's going to be more of that. Yeah, you're really seeing the fast casual sector just take that, you know, run with it. Um, you're seeing different. No, no, that's that's where it's at. I mean, just the, in general, the ongoing trend of excellence delivered at a better price and, and more casual. I think at the end of the day, everyone likes to feel relaxed, even mm-hmm. if you're having brilliant food and service. Absolutely, and just you know, you don't have to sacrifice the service for the you know, or the the hospitality for the service. I guess I should say. Um, you're right. Seeing, that being trendy, trendy in these uh, fast casual restaurants as well. Uh, so the next question I have for you is: uh, There are so many products and services that are coming into market every day, and it's so hard to filter through which of these services are worth your investment. Um, can you think of any service or product um, that you would suggest that you would recommend to somebody in the industry as something that would be a great uh, investment and something that you would get a maximum return on investment? Anything that gives you 
good numbers. I always say math is not an opinion. And the numbers are powerful. You know, when you're back of the house and, and checking things out and figuring out where your business is headed, knowing the numbers is huge. I'm actually working with somebody right now to create a software package that will help people do that. But right now, I mean, I love Aloha. It's a great product, the point of sale system, you know, and well, what I find missing is a better system to manage the cost of the goods. So I've, I've created a bunch of custom spreadsheets to do that. But I would say anything that helps you get your arms around the numbers, you need to know how much a plate of food costs you to the penny and then have the systems in place to update that as the price of tomatoes go up. Because at the end of the day, it is a business, and you need to make sure that your joy is profitable. Yeah, and um, uh, one guest I had on the show talking about numbers, and if you haven't heard of it, Swipely is a great um, service that allows you to record all these uh, – it makes everything that you have in your restaurant as far as POS systems and other systems, and it collects all the data and puts it into a readable uh plot or a graph for you and uh, if you want to learn anything more about swipely just go to restaurant unstoppable slash 22 and uh, you can listen in to that episode and also have links in the show notes for you as well so jeff is there anything else you'd like to add no i think that's that's really uh that's really important and just having you know everything accessible online i use the box for everything i love i love you know having all the updated recipes all the policies procedures everything in one place so that you know, my managers have quick access to the most updated, accurate information. So at all times, we're all on the same page. You said the box. What, what's that? Uh, box.com. It's it's one of those. Uh, it's kind of like Dropbox. It's another version of that. It's a okay. yeah. It's a it's a it's a cloud based storage system that allows you know you to access that information from anywhere and and. So- have it all synced up. Yeah, and, and basically with these uh, these cloud-based services, it really just helps with communicating and being on the same page. Um, yep. So that's all good, good stuff. Continue with the, the bombs of knowledge. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, the next question I have for you, and we're almost wrapping up, is uh, what's your best business advice for someone getting started in the industry? You know, I am so grateful that I started off as a passionate little diner cook and went to culinary school and went to hotel restaurant management school the whole time working in restaurants. There is something magical about having the textbook theoretical knowledge combined with the real world because what you get from these genius chefs in culinary school and and college is years and years and years of knowledge boiled down into a few short years that would just take you forever to learn. But at the same time, you want to be out in the industry really learning. You know, so my perfect example is I'd go from class where I was learning the mother sauces, which, you know, are a base for much cooking. And then I'd be up in Hunter's Point in San Francisco, which with a bunch of gangbangers learning how to roll out the perfect baguette and how yeast behaves. <laughs> you know, I'd be back at school learning how to make this, you know, coating for my fish tacos, which actually was a Chinese chef sweet and sour coating. And then the next morning, I was up at 4 o'clock on Fisherman's Wharf learning how to cut a swordfish into steaks that had just gotten flown in from Hawaii. So books by themselves are no good. Practical experience by itself is not as good because you're missing the other piece. And then while you're in school, you're getting all that business knowledge. At the end of the day, you've got to be a business person as well. This is a business. You know, I have 50 employees, their lives, you know, their well-being I'm, I'm responsible for. Treat it like a business, run it like a business, know what you're doing. And, and uh, to have those different elements and bring them all together has been an incredible experience. 
Wow, awesome, great experience. Um, yeah, you need to, you know, you can't just hit the books. You can't just uh, get the hands-on experience. You need to, you know, live and dip your fingers into a little bit of everything and then pull it all together in a handful. Um, and that's that's what I heard. Uh, and that's, that's yep. incredible advice. Um, so thank you for sharing that. The last question I have for you is, are there any questions I could have asked you that you believe would have provided value to our listeners? Probably just that... You, but I think you already hit on it to really, to really not think about what's going to make the most money or what the new genius idea is just to really be true to what you're trying to accomplish. Because I don't know the key to success, but I know the key to failure is trying to please all the people all the time. And if you don't have clarity on what you're trying to accomplish, yeah, it's like trying to hit a moving target. You know, you got to know what's important to you and what you're trying to accomplish because people will always try and throw you off course, whether it's intentional or accidental. If you're constantly adjusting to trying to please everybody around you, you'll completely lose focus. You know, another great quote is Henry Ford said, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's really all incredible advice. You were amazing today. And uh, this is where I give you the opportunity um, to, to call somebody out. Uh, who's one person who's run a restaurant professional you admire and respect and believe would be a great addition to the show? Oh, Danny Meyer, if you could be lucky enough to get him, or maybe you already have, he's, he gets it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've um, sent the, the message out. He's an extremely busy guy. Uh, we, I've been in contact with his folks over there, and uh, we're going to try to get on the show in uh, the spring, or the fall, rather. So uh, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a bonus. I'll give you a second one. Adriano Paganini in San Francisco, the most successful restaurateur I've ever met, and uh, a true genius. He created the Pasta Pomodoro chain of restaurants, and he has – a uh, burger chain called Super Duper right now in San Francisco with eight locations growing. And he's got six other super successful concepts. He's a genius. And to get into the mind of somebody who just – he is like the Steve Jobs of the restaurant world. He just knows what people want. And at the end of the day, that's something all the interviews in the world can't give you. That's something you just have to have. But to have a minute with a guy like that would uh, be super valuable to your listeners. Well, what's that name? One more time. Adriano Paganini. Adriano, I'm coming after you, man. If you're <laughs> this, uh, keep keep your eyes uh, on your six because I might be right there, ready to ask you to, to be the next guest on Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, but yeah, great um, suggestion. I'll, I'll, we'll have to try to get in touch with him if he has the time. Uh, and the last question I have, or the last opportunity I have for you, is to give yourself a pitch. Uh, and uh, how can we connect with you? Maybe if you're listening to the show, and uh, if Jeff really hit. Um, no, a circuit with you, and, and you just really resonated with him. Maybe you might want to go work for him someplace. So uh, this yeah, is the opportunity uh, to absolutely. My my email, which I'm always happy to share with the world, is Jeffrey at jnsod.com. My website. I have a show coming up called World Food Championship, July 10th. Um, you can check all the details out at jeffreysod.com. And Twitter and Facebook is at Taste La Ventura. V-E-N-T-U-R-A, La Ventura, modern Mexican food in Studio City. And if uh, you're anywhere near the neighborhood, um, there's margarita, margarita waiting for you. It's great food, great service, and I'm always here. Well, you were uh, truly terrific today. And, uh, I know I learned so much from you and uh, truly motivational, truly inspiring, and uh, an absolute mentor. So thank you for your time and uh, best of wishes and uh, take care. Thanks for having me. Thanks for what you do and uh, have a beautiful day. You as well.
Wow. I love when I have great interviews like this. And Jeffrey, man, you rocked it. You really did just drop bombs of knowledge all over the place. And what I wanted to recap from today's interview was uh, was Jeff's advice to live on purpose. Have meaning. Wake up with a mission and be driven uh, to meet those goals and to not quit until those goals have been met. Uh, just incredible uh, how he suggested we do that and how to use the tools like his, his cell phone to keep him on track. He also has some really interesting advice. The first time I think it's been on the show, put in his words, uh, to be the person you want to attract. You, like he said, when you go to a restaurant and you want to see what that manager or owner is like, look at his employees. uh, Because you tend to attract the people that you are like. So uh, be that best person you can be, and then you will attract the best people out there. Also, he says, um, talking about his uh, best advice... uh, yeah, you got to get out there, and um, you might have the education, uh, but you need to get that world, that you know, that world experience, that hands-on experience, and to listen to the stories of people out there that came before you, and to take their advice and to take their mentorship. Uh, and that's really what this podcast is. You know, I I realize, you know, I'm studying hospitality, I'm reading the books, I'm doing well, but I knew the lessons lie in talking to people like Jeff who have proven themselves successful. And they know, I know they have so many gems and knowledge that they just want to, sh- that are, well, they're willing to share, but I just wanted to be the person to capture that knowledge and put it into one melting pot, one place where we all can learn from other people's experiences. Um, and it's just been so much fun. And lastly, um, Jeff's advice to be true and authentic to yourself. This is so important. You, you, like he says, uh, I think he's quoting Bill Cosby, but uh, I don't know the secret to success, but the secret to failure is trying to please everybody all the time, and you're not going to please everyone. Just be true to who you are and try to please those people that resonate with your mission, and if you take care of them, they'll pull other like-minded people in, and uh, you'll just you know just be true to your mission and have clarity. Write it down someplace, because if you don't know what your mission is, if you don't have that clarity, you can't be true to it. So uh, whenever you possible, try to get your thoughts written, spelled out in word, and uh, you'll be surprised how much that helps with creating clarity. Uh, so that's all I have for you today. If you want to check out anything we spoke about, some of the incredible books were mentioned and some of the services we talked about, uh, just go to the show notes. That's www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 40. And until next time, peace out.